and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Um, If you have your Bibles, we're going to read Luke 17. We're going to read from verse 11 to 19. It's one of the great miracle stories of Jesus' uh, ministry. And uh, we pick up the story in verse 11, where it says this. It says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Amazing. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. What an encounter this man had with Jesus. I mean, what an encounter these ten men had with Jesus, to be honest. But today we're going to be sharing a story that I've titled, Give Thanks. So if you're taking notes, write that down. And we're going to pray and ask for God's help this morning. So Lord, we just thank you so much that in this moment that you are present, God, to bring life to to us, God, that you want to speak to us and stir our faith, God. And I pray through these scriptures that we will see you more clearly, God, and that as we see you, God, that we are transformed. So we pray for a great morning in church this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, so think about the pets you had growing up, right? I don't know what kind of pets you had. Some of you would have had dogs. Where's the dog people at? <laughs> Where's the cat people at? Yeah, they're proud. <laughs> cat people are proud people. Um, some of you might have had bunnies. Some of you might have had, I don't know what else might have you had, a whole bunch of different things. Guinea pigs. But let me ask you this question. How many of you grew up in the suburbs of the Sutherland Shire with a sheep as a pet. Yeah. Not many of you, I dare say. I did. That's right. And uh, you know, my family, we're a bit odd. Mum and dad, how's it going? Good to see you guys. And we have friends in, uh, in the country. And we went down one day, and or one week, we went and visited them. And there was this lamb that we found that had been abandoned. Oh, right? It's getting the heartstrings. His mother had had twins and left one of the twins to die because it was weak. And we found this thing, barely alive. And we took it in. And we went back to the house and we put blankets around it. And we saved this lamb. And then we went to my mum. Not my dad, my mum. And we said, Mum, this lamb needs a home. Can we please take it with us back to Karingbar? And my mum said, sure thing. Put it in the car. Dad's driving home. What's that noise? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Just kidding. Dad knew what was going on. But we had this lamb, this tiny little lamb in Karimbar. And we were like, you know what? Dad's like, you know what? It's like, who needs to have a lawnmower now? We've got this lamb, take care of the lawns. Which it did, by the way. But it also took care of every living plant that was below. <laughs> every tree, every shrub, everything this high and under was goners from this sheep that we had in Karimbar. It's bleating. You'd be walking down the street and you'd hear this bleating. 
in, uh, in on Port Hacking Road, Canberra. What on earth is going on? Now, the thing about this sheep is we had a great backyard and enjoyed it, but this sheep just was always looking for a chance to escape, right? It was like an escapist sheep, right? This sheep, if there was a crack in the fence, would be going for it at 100 miles an hour, right? I, I remember um, one time taking the, the lamb to my school to do a show and tell, and I had a hold of this lamb, and I'm like, I'm gonna show everyone how it runs. So I let go of the lamb for a minute and my whole class gets up so excited that this lamb freaks out and makes a run for it. It's running around a school. There's about 30 like year three kids chasing this sheep, teachers. And then it spots out of the corner of its eye, the road, the gate that leads out of the school and it makes a beeline for it. Now this gate leads pretty much directly onto the Kingsway, right? And so I'm like, ah! Right? So I'm chasing this thing, crash tackle it. And finally, just before it gets to the gate, got it back in my arms. This sheep loves to just get out, get, escape, and run, run for its life. It's sort of, it's sort of sore. Maybe there's more out there for me to experience than I'm experiencing right now. Um, you know, where, where, what has this got to do with the lepers? You may be asking. Well, it was a rural community. No, just kidding. But then we, we read this story of the ten lepers, and I think if you're anything like me, let's be honest. You know, you look, you read this story with a little bit of judgment. And you're sort of like, oh, those ungrateful lepers. You know what I mean? Like, if I was there, I would be the guy that came back to give thanks 100%, without a doubt. Definitely, I'm the guy that would give thanks. Those other ungrateful lepers, I don't know how they could do that. How could they live with themselves? But I think, honestly, if, uh, if, we're, if we look at it, um, I think we'd be more, most of us would probably be more like my sheep who sees this window of opportunity and runs for it and gets so busy chasing its life that it forgets the one who gave it life in the first place. So I think it's important to recognise these nine lepers, they're not necessarily selfish, ungrateful people. They're just nine people who want to live their life and have been given a newfound freedom. The limitations that they felt, the fences that they were boxed in by, the things that define them all of a sudden were lifted and they just realised, I can live my life. Can you blame them for getting excited? You know, one of the things I love to do when I read the Bible, and I think it's, it's a powerful thing to do, is to try and imagine what it was like in that moment. Go back to that, that story and start to live it out and start to think about the emotions involved, the experience of those individuals, what this would have meant for them. Because think about it. Each one of them, one day, living their life with their family, in their community, realise they've got some kind of rash or something going on, and they're like, ooh, I've been told that uh, these things are not good. Maybe tried to conceal it for a little while, maybe felt embarrassed by it, but eventually presented themselves to the local priest who declared them unclean. You have leprosy, you're unclean, you can't go back to your family, you need to go over to the community of lepers, isolated from the rest of the world. That's a heavy, that's a heavy pill to swallow, am I right? Like that's, that's a big life change, you know, all the dreams, all the hopes that you have and had for your life, boom, gone in a moment. And you find yourself in this place where you got no hope because there wasn't the miracle of modern medicine that we now have today that can treat a lot of things or you know, hope you see a doctor and see this doctor and you see that doctor and one of them might be able to help you. It was like a, a death sentence. It was like go there until you die, separated from your community, separated from the things that you had hoped for and live out the rest of your life. And these men had heard that there is a man called Jesus who has the power to heal people. And they heard, and they, they came, respectfully it seems, because they stood a long way off. Jesus, we can't come any closer, but would you maybe just 
cast your eyes this way or turn your ear this way so we can please ask you for your help. And they yell out to him and he says, you know what, go and present yourself to the priests. And this is for them to be declared ceremonially clean. He wanted them to go so that the healing that took place on their body could be assessed and they could be brought back into the community. And as they went, each of them were cleansed. Imagine that. What would you do first? What would, what would you do first? You know, maybe it's go hug your children that you haven't seen for however many years, that you thought you'd never see again, or that you saw from a distance but could never engage with, or maybe it would be embrace your, your family or your wife, or you know, go see your mates that you haven't seen for a long time. What is that first thing that you would do? Wouldn't it just like, you would just be like blown away at this second chance at life that you've been given. How good is that? So you do that first thing. Well, what's the second thing you'd do? Maybe you'd visit that restaurant that you've been dreaming about all these uh, years while in isolation. You'd be hit, hitting up that favourite cafe for a cup of joe. You're just like, ooh, need this thing. You, you'd be going for a surf. You'd be going camping. You'd be going on a holiday. Who knows? There are endless things that you can now do. How exciting is it that you have been given this second lease of life? Can we blame these nine lepers for getting so uh, absorbed in their newfound opportunity that they forgot the one who gave them the opportunity in the first place. They simply got so busy living that they forgot to acknowledge the source of their new life. Do you know, your life is an absolute gift. Your life is a gift. None of us can sustain our own life without God. You know, it is so easy to become discouraged, to become disappointed or despondent about life in this day and age. And, you know, one of the, the significant effects of this last season has been the effect on mental health, particularly of young people, through isolation. And it is easy in this day and age to feel discouraged, despondent, depressed, inward-looking and, and, and hopeless. And we find ourselves in an environment that actually encourages that. Do you know, in, there are entire industries that have been built on creating an air of dissatisfaction in our life. Most industries, <laughs> we could probably say, have been built on this air, that, that this created, manufactured sense that you're missing out on something. And then we're sold what we're promised is the solution. But if you have this, but if you go on this holiday, but if you have this experience, but if you have this object or this this is the thing that you need. And we find ourselves surrounded by this atmosphere and then being given these uh, promises that ultimately don't fulfill what we need. We can be so consumed by what we do not have that we fail to see the unbelievable blessings that we do have. Do you know, just pan back for a moment, right? Step back, think about people across this world and throughout history. So you know, we can look just around the world, but we can also pan throughout history. There would be people everywhere that would do anything to be in your situation with all the problems, with all the difficulties, with all the um, issues of life that you face. And they're not, they're not to be dismissed as things that are not important. And one of the things that I love about God is that he says, hey, cast all your cares upon the Lord. Bring them, bring your prayers, bring your petitions um, and it teaches us to bring them to him. So it's not about dismissing and pretending that our needs are not meaningful, but take a moment to step back and realize we've actually, we got it pretty good. Like we are meeting here in an auditorium talking about Jesus without fear of 
you know, the doors being busted in and us being killed for our faith. We have brothers and sisters around the world right now who cannot worship in the same way that we do. Thank God that we have that opportunity. You know, we have peace and safety in our daily lives. We've all been, you know, just so um, just, you know, upset about watching what's happening over in Europe right now. And people, ordinary people, mums and dads, people that are just trying to live their life, no longer having daily peace or, or the ability to go about their lives and to, to do what they want to do because of the safety element. We have roofs over our heads. We have an education. Most people here um, would have been through school and it wouldn't have been something that would have cost them so much. We are in an environment that has blessed us. So you may not realize it, but you are actually so blessed. And all it takes is a moment to step back from some of the things that consume our attention to realize, man, my, my life is a gift. The, the, the fact that I am breathing today, you might be watching online in a hospital, and you might honestly not even know how much longer you have to live. But you might be watching this message, and you have breath in your lungs, and you have the opportunity to enjoy today. You can have encouragement, engagement with the people around you. Even that is a blessing. There is actually no place, <laughs> there's no place that we can get to in life where we don't have the opportunity to choose to be thankful for what we do have. You know, um, how about this for some statistics? Even from just a wealth perspective, the um, Global Wealth Report from Credit Suisse talks about the, the state of our wealth in our world today. Do you know, if you have just over $4,000 to your name, that you are richer than half of the world's residents? That's not $4,000 in the bank. That's to your name. Do you own a car? Do your possessions add up to that much? If you have that much to your name, you are actually in the top 50% of wealth in the world. If you have assets of 120,000, you're in the top 10%. So between super, some people own property, some people have businesses with assets, whatnot. If you have that, just over $100,000, you're in the top 10% of wealth in the world. Do you know, uh, this is one of the quotes from that um, report. It says, while the bottom half of adults collectively own less than 1% of total wealth, less than 1% of the world's population um, sorry, half of the world's population own less than 1% of the collective wealth. The top 10% of adults own 85% of golden wealth, and the top 1% account for about 47%. So you may be thinking, I don't have much, but even from a wealth perspective, literally by living in Australia and being particularly in this city, there is a high chance that many, many people here, uh, if not most people here, are in that top 10%. And we have to understand that, yes, in, you know, we sort of judge ourselves based on our standard of understanding, but when you pan back and you look at humanity and the reality of what people are experiencing, all of a sudden you become grateful for what you have. And instead of being upset that you can't afford that international trip, you choose to enjoy the down-the-coast trip that you can have with your family. How many people in our day and age, it's almost like they can't enjoy their family or can't enjoy their life and they feel discouraged about what they don't have while at the same time missing the very thing that they do have, the opportunity to spend time and be with those people who matter most. Even the poorest in our community are wealthy on the humanity scale. So apart from wealth though, we are still so blessed. I love this quote from Brian Cluth. He says this, if you want to feel rich, just count all the things that you have that money can't buy. Isn't that a great way to look at life? Do you know how blessed I am? I look at my life and I am, I'm so grateful to God. 
Look, even just being in this church community, you may, you may come from the most broken family, you may have had the most crazy, tumultuous upbringing and past, but here you are in a place that loves you, believes in you. God says that he places the lonely in families. You have people who are your family, who know your name, who care about your future, who believe that God's got a destiny and a purpose for you. You are surrounded by people that love you. Thank God for his community. Regardless of what else is going on, you have uh, our church family. I look at my own life and I'm so grateful to God for blessing me with my wife and our two little girls. And, you know, it's easy to get distracted by other things. But then I just got to remember, man, this alone is more than I could have ever hoped for. What I have is such a gift from God. Thank you, Jesus. I don't need any more. Everything else is a blessing. Um, you know, I think about my health or my friends, you know, where we live or the ex- exposure and experience I've had in life. There are many, many, many things in your life to be thankful for. If you want to feel rich, count the things that you have in your life that you cannot buy with money. You guys are, me included, we are absolutely blessed. And you might, you might think, well, Tim, that's easy for you to say. You're married, you've got a family. Maybe for you, you're single and you're not married or you've been believing for a family and haven't had your breakthrough yet. And if I can just say, you know, Milan and I, we, we feel that pain and we don't want to diminish that. I remember um, for about three years we were believing for a baby and were unable to have a child until um, we were able to have not, uh, Lacey through the help of IVF. It was a journey where we experienced the pain of the reality of that. But even in that season... The ability for us, or the the, the opportunity was given to us to choose what we were going to focus on. I could have just as easily, I just got up here to talk about all the things I'm blessed by, but I could have just as easily used my time to convince you of the hardships and challenges of my life. I could have spent 10 minutes talking about how hard this is and the difficulties I have here and the pressures I have there, because they're real and I have them, (laughs) just like you do. But what we focus on really starts to shape how we engage with life. One of them leads to this despondency and depression, and the other one leads to a heart of gratitude and thankfulness that actually is the doorway into the presence of God. Do you know, Thanksgiving is not a default, it's a choice. Now, this is a great challenge. Human nature tends towards the negative out of fear. <laughs> Protect myself. What about this? What about that? If this happens, then this. We, we, we tend out of fear to, to lean into the neg- negative things. But faith draws us towards thanksgiving. It is a life of faith that lifts our eyes and helps us to see that God has been so good to us. And it is with thanksgiving that we enter the presence of God. Psalm 100 verse 4. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise his name. You know, one of the characteristics of faith is thanksgiving because faith beholds him who was given to us. And our faith, as we behold him, realizes the great generosity of our God. And you see God and how good he is to you. And in comparison to God's goodness, nothing can diminish that. You know, in light of our salvation, we can never... (laughs) Never again enter into a blessing deficit where we find ourselves with less than we have been given. We always in our salvation have an awareness of how good God has been to us. I love the way that C.S. Lewis puts it. He says this, He who has God and everything has no more than he who has God alone. 
God is everything. You don't have God and the joy and the blessing of God and then get to add to that joy with all of these material possessions. The blessings and the, the experiences of life, you know, they are part of God's blessing to us, but He is the one that we behold and gives us a heart of gratitude. This is why I believe Paul could say, you know, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Paul's literally saying here that I am so grateful for what God has done in my life that not only do I not care about those other things as much anymore, but they've been taken from me and I don't even, I'm not even upset about it. He could live in this place where his circumstances were not ideal, yet still have a heart of gratitude. You know, for Paul, the point he's making is that his favour and blessing are not circumstantial. You know, that which has been credited to him is so great that no matter what tries to take away, no matter what would try to diminish his life, no matter what hardships he faces, and you can read, I think it's 2 Corinthians 11 that talks about some of the hardship that, he's, that he faces. He says, none of that is actually going to take away my joy, my life, the, the experience of what God has given me. Because, you know, even, this is what's crazy, even the things that are meant to harm us, the Bible teaches us that God will redeem them and use them for our blessing. So we actually, even things that would try and destroy us, the, the hardships we go through or the, the difficulty we face or the sickness that comes upon us, someone in our family, these things, God says, if you would place them in my hand and, and continue to have your eyes turned towards me, I'll even take that thing that was meant to destroy you and I'm going to make you stronger. I'm going to use it to bless you and it's going to come back to you with interest and you find yourself unable <laughs> to be pulled away from this heart of thanksgiving and gratitude because of how powerful what Jesus has done for us is. If you're unable to be thankful, it's not your circumstances that need to change, but a revelation of God's goodness that needs to be had. Sometimes we think, if I can just get the new job, if I can just get the house, if I can just get this opportunity, if I can go on that holiday or be with that person, we think my circumstances will solve that. But the truth is, we are not just made um, and satisfied by our circumstances. This makes all the difference because revelation leads to worship while circumstances, um, circumstantial change, sorry, quite often leads only to distraction. Those things that we think we want can actually, like the nine lepers, be the things that we are consumed with, chase after, lean into, while the whole time missing what this one person experienced, which is the, the, um, the gratitude towards God who actually healed him. You know, this is important to God, for we were ultimately made to worship the giver, not the gifts. And until we come to that realization, no amount of blessings will suffice. You will never, ever have enough if your heart believes that in those things is where your, your hope and joy and your gratitude will come from. We look at our world today and, you know, it's quite scary. The top 10 people in our world today um, own, you know, like the vast majority of our wealth compared to any other people. It is crazy that you can have so much and never have enough. I love what Augustine says. He says, our heart is restless until it rests in you. This world is searching in all the wrong places for that place where it is um, satisfied. No wealth, no amount of opportunity, no blessing, no family, no relationship. None of that will ultimately bring into your life that 
satisfaction, that, that joy, that peace, apart from a revelation of Jesus and what he has done for us and the grace that he has given us. I might ask Craig if you could just come back up. You know, these 10 lepers were all healed by Jesus. But what's interesting when you read this passage is these two words that are used when talking about what um, happened in the lives of these lepers that I just want to talk about. The first one, it says this, it says, as they went, they were cleansed. Now, this word, word cleansed means to be made clean, to be uh, sort of made ceremonially clean, which was the reintroduction to the community. So all 10 were made clean so that when they presented themselves to the priest, they would then be able to be uh, welcomed back into the local community and they could engage in life again. And, you know, to the 10, uh, he said, go to the, police, uh, go to the priest and they were reintroduced to the community. But then verse 15 says, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. So this is the one who didn't get distracted by the gift, but chose to remember the giver, actually came back to the feet of Jesus, fell at his feet. It says he came back praising God. So he was worshipping now, not just living in the circumstantial change, but worshipping because of the work of Jesus. And verse 17 says, Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God? Again, worship was what Jesus was talking about here. Has none of them returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? When he said to him, then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Now this is a different word. All 10 were cleansed, but it is only this one leper who was made well. And it's a word, a very rich word, uh, that, that is the word sozo. And it doesn't just mean ceremonially cleansed, physically healed. It is to be made whole, to be restored. You know, this is the same word that the Bible uses when it says, for all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be sozoed, shall be saved. It is, a, it, is, it is the entry into a relationship with Jesus. How do we enter the courts? With thanksgiving. How do we walk into God's presence? With praise. What did this one leper experience? More than a physical healing, more than a circumstantial change. Yes, he had that. But the greater miracle for him was the fact that God in His goodness gave him this gift and he chose to respond with worship, with thanksgiving, laid down at his feet, thank you, Jesus, thank you. And not only did he have the circumstantial experience, but then he got to hear those words from Jesus, you are made well. This new life that wells up, Jesus says, within us to eternal life for those who come to Him. It was not the physical cleanliness circumstantial that restores someone to God, that restores them to community. Thank God for that blessing that allows us to have that. But it was his faith, this internal revelation that restored this man to a relationship with God. You know, Jesus loves to give, which is why he gave to these 10 lepers. All of them were cleansed. You know, he wasn't doing it just so he could get something back. He's a giver by his nature and doesn't tire in giving. And as he blessed and gave, you know, I, I dare say the heart of Jesus was that each of these men would recognize the giver and not just the gift. But he saw it was the one that did see that, that he honored. Thanksgiving is a heart position, not a response based on circumstances. You know, as a youth pastor and as a young adult pastor for many years, one of the things I'd often get asked is, you know, what's God's will for my life? 
What does God want me to do in my life? Well, there's a great verse that actually talks about one of the things that we can be assured of is God's will for our life. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 to 18 says this, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If you don't know what else to do, if you don't know what God's plans and purposes for you are, if you're not sure of your future or what He has, you know, what direction to take, or there is one thing that you can do that is quite practical, that is God's will for your life. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. I'm telling you, if you do that, you watch this, this heart position. It's a heart position, not a response to circumstances. This heart position in the midst of hard circumstances start to shift. And you start to see things differently. Do you know, it's quite practical. And this is crazy. One of the things that has been the greatest blessing in my area in this life is, is so funny, right? It's, it's my, my daughter's bedtime routine. <laughs> she gets to pick a couple of books. We read the books. And then I tell a Jesus story, which is one of the stories of Jesus. Um, and I just share it in a way that she can see the heart of God and see Jesus and something that He's done when He healed somebody or met with somebody. And we just ha- have a little bit of a story time. And then we say three prayers, three prayers before bed. The first one is always thanking God for the day. Oh my gosh, it took me having a daughter to pray at the end of each day to thank God for what took place. Do you know what has been wildly amazing about this? Not once in all the nights that we've prayed, have I not been able to give thanks for something? In the hardest days, in the best days, in the normal days, in the boring days, in the exciting days, Every day, when you stop and think about it, there is something to give thanks for. And we find ourselves, thank you so much that we got to go to swimming lessons. Thank you that we got to hang out as a family. Thank you for Pancake Friday or seeing your cousins or you know whatever it may be, going to gymnastics. There is so much to be thankful for. And it's blessed me. Hopefully it's cultivating a culture in, in my daughter that is one of thanksgiving, but it's blessed me as an adult, as a man, as somebody who has my own walk with God to say, wow, There is always something to give thanks for. You know, over the years, just a couple of other thoughts or tips for you guys. Over the years, Malai and I have tried to cultivate habits uh, to help help us give thanks, to keep this as a part of our life. And you have to refresh this occasionally and try new things. But, you know, I remember, um, and I shared this years ago with some of you, but this one idea we had once called the, the pineapple blessing jar. And every single time we were blessed, you know, whether it was someone shouted us a coffee or, you know, we got to meet someone that we'd really wanted to meet in our life or, you know, an opportunity had opened up for us, we'd write it on this little bit of paper and put it in this pineapple jar. And then after January 1, we'd sit down at some point and bust out this stack of blessings from the year that's just gone and start to read through them. It is impossible, no matter what difficulty you've had that year, to not be thankful to God because you realise and remember all the good things that have happened. And you know what's crazy? I 100% would have forgotten most of these. (laughs) Pretty much all of them. But when you read them, you're like, oh yeah, remember that? That person said that we could use their house to have a family holiday for a whole week. (laughs) How good was that holiday? And all of a sudden you remember how good that, that time with your family was. What a great way to just remind yourself to be thankful. 
keep a year journal, reflect. You know, I try and at the end of the year, as I transition to the new year, I try and reflect on the year that's gone and write down some of the big things that have happened in my life and in our family's life that year. And it just reminds you of the goodness of God. Weekly tithing for us as a family, every time I give it, it's a reminder that I'm choosing to trust God because He is trustworthy and all that He has done for us. The thank you prayer at the end of the end of the night. You might not have a child, but why don't you try before you go to bed, just in your own way, thanking God for the blessing of the day. You know, today, I suppose I just wanted to encourage you that with all the talk, <laughs> with all the, you know, the the environment, atmosphere around us that would draw our eyes to that which we don't have or that which is difficult or that which we cannot um, be happy about. Choose another way. Choose to be thankful. Choose to thank God for what He has given you. And I'm telling you, there will be a shift take place in your heart. And this is one of the ways that I believe God leads us into our destiny because as we look to Him and we thank Him and we consider Him in light of Him, all else all else um, cannot be, cannot detract. He is worthy of our praise. I just want to pray right now. Why don't we just all close our eyes and you know, maybe for you, you're sitting here and you know, as I'm talking, yeah, you know what? I've been sucked into that black hole of negativity <laughs> and you have been consuming the news or you've been consuming um, things in social media that would make you compare yourself to others and you've been feeling despondent discouraged or maybe you're dealing with a really difficult circumstance which it just feels like there is nothing good about it situation in your family a challenge that you face and you have found yourself just overwhelmed with um, heaviness I just want to encourage you right now in the midst of those circumstances in the midst of those challenges lift your eyes to Jesus. Start to thank Him for what you can thank Him for, for the breath in your lungs, for your salvation, for another day, for your family, for the opportunities that you've had in this life, for the experiences that you've had, for the people around you, for your church family. What is it that you can look at right now? Just lift your eyes and you watch. It'll be like, it'll be like rivers of living water because when we lift our eyes and thank God and we worship Him for who He is in our life it's, it's, it's the entrance into His presence and it's hard in fact I would say it's impossible to be in God's presence without the fruits of the Spirit beginning to flow into our life and so Jesus I just thank you for every single individual God Lord those right now that have been going through difficulty or have been consumed with negativity those right now that are battling with genuine mental health. God, we just thank you so much for them. And we thank you that your heart is that in the midst of even the most difficult things that they will be able to see your goodness. And I pray, Jesus, that by your Holy Spirit, you would just highlight things that you have blessed them with. Friends, family, people. This church. God, we just thank you right now that you draw them back to a heart of thanksgiving. And we thank you so much, Jesus that right now, right now we can be grateful wherever we are. And I just, I just want to, on behalf of all of us, God, say thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you that you did not leave us as orphans, but you came to us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Man, if you've got nothing else to thank God for, thank Him for His Holy Spirit. The Bible says that we'll be with you and we'll live in you. 
because you have the Holy Spirit, you are not alone. You might not have a relationship or a marriage right now, but you are not alone. God Himself in His presence is with you. You may not know what to do next, but the wisdom of God through His Holy Spirit is with you. Thank you, God, that you never leave us, never forsake us. We choose to worship you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Why every eye is still closed. You know, there might be people here and you might have come to church with a friend and, you know, I'm talking about, you know, being thankful to God and noticing Jesus in your life and talking to Jesus. And this might be a whole new concept to you. And you are sensing something in your heart right now that is like a, yeah, I want to be able to talk to God. I want to have a relationship with God. Well, just like this one leper, who didn't just live with a focus on the circumstances, but turned his heart towards the giver of the gift. Right now, if you would turn your heart towards Jesus, if you would come to Jesus, and like this man did, lay at his feet and say, Jesus, thank you for my life. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you have done for me. Then you too can be sozo, made whole. You too can be made well. You too can call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. If you're distant from God, if you've never opened up your heart to Jesus, or maybe it's been a long time since you've walked closely with Him right now, why don't you just turn your heart towards heaven? And I want to lead you in a simple prayer, a prayer inviting Jesus to be the center of your life, a prayer of turning back to Him and honoring Him. And if that's you, why don't you pray this out loud? And the whole church, we're all going to pray this out loud because it's good for all of us, but it's also to encourage those who maybe are praying this for the first time or who are praying this to come back into that place of relationship with Jesus. So let's all pray. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me, that you gave your life up for me. This morning, I give my life back to you. Like the leper who returned, I fall at your feet and say thank you for saving me. From this day forward, walk with me, talk to me, live in me as my Lord and Saviour in Jesus' name. That's why your eyes are closed and heads are bowed. And I just know there would have been people, when you prayed that prayer, it was like it meant something. And it's one of the most powerful things you can do is to pray that prayer from your heart because God hears it. The Bible says the old is gone, the new has come, that you are a new creation. One of the passions of our church is to stand with those who are beginning their faith journey or who are reconnecting with God so that we can walk with you, encourage you, pray for you, support you in this journey. And I want to pray for anyone this morning who is like, that was, that was a big moment for me. I prayed that prayer from my heart and I'm beginning a new relationship, a new journey with Jesus. Just so I know who to pray for, just while eyes are closed, I've asked just a couple of people to help me so I don't miss anyone. Can you just give us a quick wave so I know who to pray for? Give us a quick wave. Say, that was me. Yeah, fantastic. That's such a great decision. Who else? Just give us a quick wave and say, yeah, that prayer for me was not just token. That was from my heart. Yep, fantastic. Amazing. Great decision. Anyone else just before I pray? I just want to make sure anyone who is feeling that has just, uh, yeah, amazing. Anyone else? Give us a quick wave. Wow, Jesus, I just want to thank you for these amazing people who this morning got in their heart have just connected with you, reached out to you. We thank you for the promise that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved, will be made whole, will be brought into right standing with God, will be brought into a place of hope and wholeness, Jesus. We just declare over these people who have responded this morning, 
your richest blessing in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Great stuff. Thanks, church. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.